Hey everybody, welcome back to Dark Haunting Histories and Ghosts. As you know that I love the history um, that goes along with the ghosts, so all of my podcasts have probably a little bit more history in them than ghosts, but I like to tie them all in together. And plus, it's kind of fun learning new things. Today we're going to talk about Warwick Castle, but before we get into it, I would like to give another shout out to Buzzsprout and how helpful they've been so far, and it's so much fun to watch my stats climb every day and see how many, you know, episodes are downloaded and just their overall help and getting it out there. So if you're interested in, you know, starting your own podcast, I highly recommend Buzzsprout because they really do walk you through it all. I will put the link down at the uh, in the description if you're interested in signing up. Um, if, and if you use that link, you will get a $20 Amazon gift card. So, alright. Now, like I said, today we're going to be going into Warwick Castle. And its beginning started with a badass woman later in her own right. An Anglo-Saxon burr was established in 914 by um, Ethelfreda, the Lady of the Mercians. She was daughter of Alfred the Great. The bird that she established was to defend Mercia from the Danes. Now, keep in mind, this is when the Danes were invading and pushing down north. This is around the time of, like, Dane law and all of that. Now, its position allowed it to dominate the Foss Way. The Foss Way was a Roman road built in the 2nd century that linked Exeter in the southwest to Lincoln in the northeast. Now, it went through... Ilchester, Bath, Sirencester, I don't even know how to say it, Siren, Siren Center, and Leicester. So it was a big deal. The Burr also dominated the River Valley and the crossing over the River Avon. So to say that it was in a, strat- a strategic area was an understatement. It was also during that this time that Um, what is now known as Warwick School was founded, making it arguably the oldest boys' school in the country. It's still there, and it resides just over the River Avon, and it's visible from all of the castle's towers. So think about it. From 914 till this day, the school existed. Makes me think of Hogwarts. Now, after the Norman conquest of England, William the Conqueror established a Mott and Bailey castle at Warwick. And that was in 1068, so two years after the Battle of Hastings. And he did it to maintain control of the Midlands as he advanced northwards. A lot of people think that once um, the Battle of Hastings had been fought and won and King Harold had died, I've always kind of put like the end and now the Normans are in charge. But they did have to fight for support throughout, you know, England. So, um... They built this castle, and so that way they can control this area while they advance northwards. I mean, and that's when, you know, basically the burning and the destruction of, like, York and that area happened, and what led to the Domesday Book and all of that. So, now building a castle in a pre-existing settlement could require uh, demolishing properties on the site. In the case of Warwick, four houses had to be torn down to make way for the castle. Now, so even where the castle sits, it's got 
history there already, because how long had those houses been there? How long had people resided there? So you got all of those energies, you know, underneath the castle as it is. And um, once they built, you know, the castle itself, William appointed Henry de Beaumont, son of a very powerful Norman family, as its constable. Now, he rose in power in England, and in 1088, so 20 years later, de Beaumont was made the first Earl of Warwick. In 1153, the wife of Roger de Beaumont, the second Earl of Warwick, got tricked into believing her husband was dead, and she surrendered the castle to the army of Henry of Anjou. Sorry, that's my dogs. I rescued dogs, so I have four big ones. Um, so the army of Henry of Anjou, which, become, you know, he, we know that he becomes Henry II. So obviously this is towards the end of um, the anarchy. Uh, Henry of Anjou is Empress Matilda's son, so he's fighting against Stephen, King Stephen, for the throne. Now, so she hands it over to Henry of Anjou. Could you, I couldn't even imagine how pissed my husband would be. So I can just hear it in my head. Like, she'd be like, well, shit, you've been gone a really long time. I didn't know. How was I supposed to know that you were alive? Like, sorry, I can't take on a damn army myself. And then, of course, a silent treatment would follow, you know, probably for a couple weeks. I'm not talking to you. You're not talking to me. Well, I guess not, not in this case, because according to the Gesta Regis Stefani, a 12th century historical text, Roger de Beaumont actually died after he heard what his wife had done. Now, you know you're pissed off when you're so mad you frickin' die. But I guess for her, she got off a bit easy, so she didn't have to face him afterwards. And then Henry of Anjou became King Henry II, he actually returned the castle to the Earls of Warwick. So all of the comoria for absolutely nothing. So Beaumont's pissed, falls over dead. And if he would have just gone through, you know, yelling at his wife for a little bit and then the silent treatment, that just kept on going, he would have got the castle back. So it's kind of stupid. Um... Now, the Earls of Warwick had always supported his mom, the Empress Matilda, during the Anarchy. Now, the Anarchy actually lasted from 1135 through 1154. So it was even towards the end of the Anarchy that um, the wife was tricked. So that just makes me shake my head. Um, okay, so during King Henry II's reign, which went from 1154 to 1189... That the Mott and, uh, and Bailey Castle was replaced with the stone keep. Now, this new phase took a form of a shell keep. Now, a shell keep is basically the curtain wall, and all of the buildings are constructed against the curtain wall, leaving like an open courtyard. During the Barons, the Barons Rebellion of 1173 through um, 1174, also known as the First Barons Rebellion. Rebellion, the Earl of Warwick remained loyal to the king, and the castle was used to store provisions. Now I'm sure other stuff happened there; it just wasn't used as like to keep food. The castle and lands associated with the earldom what kept being passed down through the Beaumont family until 1242. <clears throat> Excuse me, when Thomas de Beaumont, de Beaumont, the sixth Earl of Warwick, actually died. 
and he didn't have any heirs. So the castle gets passed to his sister, Margaret de Beaumont, and she's actually the seventh Countess of Warwick in her own right. Now, her first husband, John Marshall, died right after she took possession of the castle. So, while she was on the hunt for her next husband, the castle was, you know, under the ownership of King Henry III. And, um, so, because, you know, the castle doesn't have a very good track record when it's being managed and by a woman. I'm just kidding. I know that there's a lot of women listening that are badasses and would not just hand over a castle. But really, put yourself in her shoes, to be fair. She's got an army looking at her, and she thinks her husband's dead. So, I'll give her, you know, just a little bit of understanding there. So, keep in mind, John Marshall dies 1242, and then... Uh, Margaret marries John du Plessis in December of 1242. Now, from what I've read, John Marshall actually died in October, and she marries this John guy, de Plessis or whatever, in December. So, man, she didn't even let his body cool down before she got married. Now, keep in mind, back in that time frame, marriage wasn't about love. You loved other people. You didn't love who you're married to, who you're married to was a contractual arrangement. So it was a blending of families. It was to keep wealth in the family. It was to gain wealth and property. So courtly love comes about where it's, you know, you're in love with somebody else, but you can't have them. So then you write a poet, you know, all this angst. It's like the emos of the time. So she marries John Duplessis. And the castle was given back to her. And so they both die. They don't have any heirs. So it gets handed over to William Modine, the 8th Earl of Warwick. And this was during the Second Barons' War. And he was a supporter of King Henry III. The castle was taken in a surprise attack by the forces of Simon de Montfort, the 6th Earl of Leicester, from Kenilworth, Kenilworth Castle. I can't talk. Jeez, sorry. In 1264. According to the 15th century chronicler John Rouse, the walls along this northeastern side of Warwick Castle were slighted so that it should be no strength to the king. Maudet and his countess were actually taken hostage and taken to Kenilworth Castle, and they were held for ransom. After the death of William Modi in 1267, the title passed to his nephew, William de Beauchamp, 9th Earl of Warwick. Following William's death, Warwick Castle actually passed through seven generations of the Beauchamp family, who over the next 180 years were responsible for most of the additions made to the castle. So the big castle that you see now is basically, you know, from them. Um, in 1312... Piers Gaveston, the first Earl of Cornwall, was captured by Guy de Beauchamp, the 10th Earl of Warwick, and was imprisoned in Warwick Castle. Now, he's down in the dungeon, and he was executed on June 9, 1312. And as you know, he was beheaded. Now, the line of Beauchamp earls ended in 1449 when Anne de Beauchamp, 15th Countess of Warwick, died. And she died... 
really, really early, which is sad, at the age of five. Richard Neville, the Keenmaker, became the next Earl of Warwick through his wife's inheritance of the title. During the summer of 16, or 1469, Neville rebelled against King Edward IV because he was butthurt that King Edward IV um, married a commoner versus the marriage that Neville had arranged with, I want to say, somebody in Burgundy. I didn't look that up. I'm just going off memory. Um, so he gets butthurt and... Because he went through all this work to arrange this, you know, beneficial marriage to, you know, get more power for the king. And instead he, you know, marries a nobody. So, you know, he rebelled and imprisoned him in Warwick Castle. Neville attempted to rule in the king's name. However, constant protests by the king's supporters forced the earls to release, uh, forced the earl to release the king. Neville was subsequently killed in the Battle of Barnet, fighting against the king in 1471. Now that was during the Battle of the or the Wars of the Roses. Now Warwick Castle then passed to his son-in-law George Plantagenet, the first Duke of Clarence, brother of the king. George was executed in 1478 for being a dick, um, and he was supposedly drowned in a butt or a big barrel of Malmsey wine. Warwick Castle then passed to his son Edward Plantagenet, the 17th Earl of Warwick. Edward was only two when his lands were taken into custody of the crown. He was placed under a tainter, and so could not inherit the throne. And he was placed there by King Henry VII, so now we're getting in the Tudor times, and he was held there for 14 years. He um, supposedly went mad, and in... 1499, he was executed for treason. Um, apparently, he was trying to conspire to escape with the pretender Perkin Warbeck. Now, Edward was the last Earl of the First Creation. In 1601, Sir Fault Greville remarked that the little stone building there was uh, mightily in decay, so as in a very short time there will be nothing left but the name Warwick. So... I guess during that time, nobody, for a hundred years or so, nobody had actually lived in the castle. So, obviously, since nobody lived there, nobody was there to take care of it and, you know, started falling apart. Uh, Greville was granted Warwick Castle by King James I in 1604. Now, the conversion of the castle coincided with a period of decline in the use of castles during the 15th and 16th century. And after King James I gave Warwick Castle to Sir Fault Grenville, it was turned into a really beautiful country house. On the 1st of September, 1628, Fault Grenville was murdered by his manservant, Ralph Haywood, who stabbed uh, Grenville twice after learning Grenville hadn't included him in his will. Now, I've heard rumors that he wasn't included in his will, and I've heard that he was only given 20 pounds, and so felt slighted either way. So, Grenville died from his wounds four weeks later <clears throat> in the Watergate Tower, also known as the Ghost Tower. Now, it is said that his ghost now haunts that tower. Under Robert Grenville, the second Baron Brook, Warwick Castle's defenses were enhanced in 1642. Now, this was in preparation for attack during the First English Civil War. Um, the garden walls were raised, um, bulwarks and barricades 
uh, beams and soil and things were set up to mount artillery and they were constructed. Gunpowder and wheels for the cannons were obtained. Robert Greville was a parliamentarian, which means he supported um, Oliver Cromwell versus King Charles I. And so on August 7th, 1642, the Royalist force laid siege to the castle. Greville was not in the castle at the time, and the garrison was under the command of Sir, Sir Edward Pato. The siege ended August 23rd, 1642, with only a few royalists being shot, so it's pretty anticlimactic. Now, with the history as tumultuous as Warwick Castle's, it should come as no surprise that the castle is um, reported to be extraordinarily haunted. Sir Falk Greville haunts the ghost tower. His apparition is seen wandering the halls and has been seen entering into his portrait. And the portrait apparently basically moves and it'll watch you. So it's one of those really creepy portraits. Now, in the deepest, darkest recesses of the castle, there is said to be a dark entity that um, haunts the dungeons. Now, this malevolent spirit is believed to be a sadistic jailer that delighted in torturing the prisoners that he once watched over. Because, you know, during its decline, it was used for um, a period of time um, as a prison. Also, royalist um, military were held there as well. Now, the sinister apparition of the jailer has been seen glaring out from behind a metal grate, yelling at whomever approaches. He has been known to violently assault people by shoving and scratching them. Growls and screams of anguish souls have been um, heard, as well as the pitiful pleas of prisoners to be set free. Needless to say, the dungeon is not for the faint of heart. There is also the legend of Maul Bloxham. Maul was a witch who was caught stealing from the Earl of Warwick. After a swift trial, Maul, Maul was subjected to a humiliating torture carried out in public. Before succumbing to her injuries, Maul Bloxham placed a curse on Warwick Castle. A curse would affect it for many years to come. Following Bloxham's death, a great black beast with fiery red eyes was seen prowling the grounds of the castle. Fearing the creature would kill someone, a quick-witted servant lured the beast to the River Avon and drowned it. Now, really, let's hope that it really was some cursed beast and not somebody's family dog, because that would be awful. Um, now, thinking that the drowning of this beast ended the terror um, and the curse was a grave mistake. The spirit of Maul Bloxham only returned to terrorize the castle under a new manifestation. The apparition of a gray lady, believed to be Maul Bloxham, has been witnessed floating around the castle, causing misfortune and bad luck wherever she goes. And she takes great joy in scaring anyone that she encounters. Other paranormal activity within the walls of Warwick Castle is not just limited to slain noblemen and vengeful wraiths. Disembodied footsteps of long-dead soldiers have been heard marching about the castle. The shadow of a woman believed to be Frances Greville has been seen following visitors um, throughout the building. Seances were held there, so, you know, when you do a seance, you invite more spirits in. There are mournful wails of a woman believed to have been walled up with her infant. She is still heard two centuries later. Now, the story behind that 
couldn't figure out which one it was, and I read quite a bit trying to figure out who it was, but supposedly, <clears throat> sorry, one of the earls got a 13-year-old servant pregnant, and she had his baby, and he knew he was going to be in trouble, so he killed her and bricked her up in a wall with the baby. Also, the dungeon contains the spirits of royalists who are held and tortured there. Another legend is the spirit of Guy of Warwick, whose massive footsteps uh, could be heard walking from one tower to another. So there's a lot of dark history, dark ghosts, and but it's, overall it's super interesting. They have this huge trebuchet that flings these massive balls, <laughs> massive balls, you know, and they'll show it off to tourists and stuff, and you can go visit. So that's pretty cool. I would really like to go see that area. I'm really interested in it, and I just think it's a beautiful castle. Um, well, thank you, everybody. And I'll link my Twitter below, so please feel free to follow me. And I'm sorry for my voice cutting out. I don't know why it is, but it is. So tell me what you think, and I'll talk to you all later.